Hello, everyone, and welcome back to In This Moment Podcast, and I'm your host, Diallo Smith. Okay, so for those who may be new around here, this is a podcast all about faith and counseling. I invite some professionals who are believers and friends to talk about their experiences and offer helpful tools regarding counseling. Now, for today's episode, we have a very special guest. Her name is Taylor Murray. Taylor is an author, and she has been working on her latest book titled Stop Saying I'm Fine. This book is all about Gen Z dealing with anxiety and Taylor's own personal testimony on how she got to the point where she quit saying she was fine. We talk about having honesty with God, family, friends, and ourselves about the anxieties we may be confronted with every single day. Taylor gives some practical tools and resources through her latest book to how she can be a part of God's restoration plan for our spiritual and emotional health. Okay, so now that I've given all the background and told you guys what we're about and what this episode is, let's tap into today's episode titled When to Stop Saying I'm Fine featuring Taylor Murray. Hey, Taylor, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so happy that you are able to talk about your book and just talk about some of the things that God's been teaching you through um, mental health and faith. But before I get started, I already know you, but for those who don't know you, where are you from? What school do you go to? What's your background? Yeah, so I grew up as a missionary kid in East Asia, so specifically Hiroshima, Japan. So I was there from nine to 18. Oh my God. And um, when I was 18, I graduated high school and I went to a Bible college in Germany called Torchbearers hmm. for six months. And then after I finished at Torchbearers, I went to Liberty University and got a ministry degree. And then right now I am in the middle of my clinical mental health counseling program, mm-hmm. master's program, and I'm working in the Office of Spiritual Development at Liberty. Awesome. Yeah. So for those who don't know, me and Taylor actually were in the same, we did undergrad together. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also worked in OSD together, but she is still there killing it. Um, One of the first icebreakers that I usually give my guests is like, what's their favorite food? And so I kind of tailor it to each guest that I have on. So you've already mentioned that you're from Japan, you were a missionary in Japan. So Mm -hmm. what is your favorite Japanese food? Okay, so hands down, my favorite (laughs) Japanese food is sushi. Okay, okay. I love sushi so much, and it is so different in Japan because what um, I – it was a restaurant that my family and I went to pretty much every week, and it's called Kaiten Sushi. So it's conveyor belt sushi. So your sushi comes around in a conveyor belt around the restaurant, and you just grab what you want and eat it. (laughs) It's so fun and the sushi is so fresh and it just is incredible i miss it so much has there been anything similar in the u.s that you've tried or no um there's some restaurants that i've gone to that are similar but honestly the more that i'm in the states the more desperate i get so i think my my palate is decreasing in quality yeah yeah no i yeah i love that Well, one of the first things um, I wanted to ask is what was the heartbeat in writing this book? Um, And what do you hope for people reading this? Because your background, like you said, you um, had a ministry degree, you've been overseas, Mm -hmm. and then you're also now doing clinical mental health as your um, master's program. So when it comes to writing this book, like, 
how are you going to infuse all those different things? Like, what is this going to look like? And, and like I said, like, what was the lack that you saw um, for our for our college students to be able to write this book? Yeah, so kind of like Diallo said, I have a book coming out in November called Stop Saying I'm Fine, Finding Stillness When Anxiety Screams. And I've kind of been a writer since I was really little. I wrote my first book when I was four about a frog. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And since then, I've just been, I've been writing so much. My first book came out when I was 14, and, and it's specifically for missionary kids. But mm. this book kind of just, it's on anxiety. So it really came out um, of my own wrestling and, and struggle with anxiety. So I came to Liberty um, for my freshman year of undergrad, and I had just come out of 10 weeks in a residential treatment facility for anxiety and an eating disorder. Wow. And I was in a really just a low place in life and was wrestling with my faith, wrestling with what it looked like to be a Christian and mm. struggle with mental illness. Mm. And um, as I came into school, I really just began asking myself, like, what does it look like to be a Christian and to live inside a story well where anxiety is a dominant theme? And so I just began um, just walking my own healing journey in that and mm. um, reading a lot, researching a lot. That's when I started getting really interested in clinical mental health counseling. And at the same time, I was involved in a lot of student leadership during undergrad. Mm -hmm. And I just began to see the just the extent and like just the prevalence of anxiety in our generation. A recent um, article I read on anxiety and Gen Z said that 98% of Gen Z struggles with anxiety. 98%. That's almost basically everyone. <laughs> That's everybody. <laughs> yeah. And so my book really come first comes out of my own wrestling and struggle with, okay, how do we, how do we do this? Like, why mm. is this such a dominant theme in our generation and then at the same time how can we um, as we are forming and developing as both humans and Christ followers you know in mm. our human development and our spiritual development mm -hmm. how do we like walk with God in this struggle wow. and in, in a way that is like holistic and healthy wow that's that's really good. And, and I think, too, I mean, even the statistic that you pointed out of 98 percent of Gen Z struggle with anxiety, I think it normalizes the topic when it comes to anxiety and what it looks like to live with anxiety. Mm -hmm. And that statistic like also includes believers, too, because I think yeah. sometimes, you know, as Christians, it's like, oh, like that's the world. But it's like, nope, we're, we're in that statistic as well. So. That's just really, um, I didn't know about that statistic. Um, yeah. And again, it normalizes this topic. When you're thinking about writing this book and, you know, adding your experience and some of your education, what was your favorite chapter that you wrote in the book? And why would you say that was your favorite chapter? Yeah, so it's funny. I started writing this book about three or four years ago and I wrote the majority of it when we were all quarantined. Oh gosh. Right when COVID just kind of exploded in the US. 
<laughs> and um, yeah, so I wrote a lot of the book during that time. But I think, and I think each chapter is special and kind of has its own meaning. Um, just as I processed my story through the writing of the book in deeper ways. But I think my favorite chapter is probably chapter 11, and it's called God's Whisper to Mm. the Waiting Heart. And in this chapter, I really unpack um, this not enough story that was really a dominant theme in my life and was a really connection to the anxiety that I was and still struggle with and experience a lot and I talk about this this not enough story that so many of us have and that can really be traced back to a lot of our formative years growing up and how all of us kind of come to this place of feeling that we're not enough Mm. areas of life I love um, this definition of anxiety that um, therapist and author Sissy Goff um, just defines in her book Um, and she describes anxiety as overestimating the threat and underestimating ourselves and our ability to cope wow and I think that that definition kind of um, just encompasses Mm. so much of what my personal anxiety has been tied to of like, I'm not enough for this. I'm not enough for um, whatever I'm facing. I'm not enough for my life. And kind of coming to this place of realizing that, um, yes, like I am not enough, but but Jesus is, and that's mm. the point of the gospel. And just being able to meet him, especially in this chapter where um, where I just began to, to kind of trace that narrative in my own life of how I came to that conclusion that I wasn't enough. And then meeting God in that place and beginning to unpack the perception that I had of him when I was believing that story. Wow. When you talk about, like God's whisper and like just being in times of like when anxiety just got at its height. Um, mm-hmm. What, how, what, like, what did that look like for you personally? Like, what did your prayer and quiet time look like? Cause I'm just thinking about people who mm-hmm. are really struggling with anxiety every single day. And they're just like, I don't know how to like get these intrusive thoughts out of my head. Like, what would you say mm-hmm. to those people um, when it comes to prayer and quiet time? Yeah, I think um, especially during kind of that season in my life where I was struggling with anxiety so much. And I think Mm. there was this really deep question of identity that was going on at the same time. Like, who am I? Like, who who am I? And and in the story of not enough, like, who has God created me to be? Um, And I was just so captivated by um, Jesus's interaction with Peter. Hmm. Um, at in Caesarea Philippi when um, they're talking about who Jesus is, his Jesus's identity and who the disciples say that Jesus is and I was just captivated by that question that Jesus asked Peter who am I to you hmm. and I think in that in that season of my story of really just wrestling with like who am I like who am I in the story of not enough that I'm believing Um, I just began to really hear that whisper back to me from Jesus, who am I to you? And really sitting with him and unpacking like, 
who do I say that God is? Yeah. Like, who is he to me? Because I think we all have these perceptions of God that are formed from our childhood experiences, from trauma and from pain that we've walked through that are not um, reflective of the true God. Yeah. And really sitting with him in that space and asking him, like, who, honestly, if I were to be honest with, with him about who I think that he is, like, who, mm. who would that be? And then really sitting with him in those spaces and and asking him to reveal to me, like, who is he actually? Who 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 does he say that he is? Yeah. And how and how does my not enough story um, not reflect that? And how can I align myself with that? Because he is a gracious and compassionate and loving God. Yes. Yes. And he is attuned to us, attuned to our emotions. And I think realizing that, like, he is a God who is not only empathetic to our to us every moment of the day, but he's attuned to the emotions that we're experiencing and he wants to meet us in them. Mm. He doesn't want to just have us not experience them anymore, right? But he wants to meet right. us in them in a way that is so kind and full of compassion. So I think just like being honest with the Lord and my prayers, like that was the thing that really began to transform my own prayer life of like, what does it look like to be honest with him about the struggle that I'm experiencing? And what is his response to me in that? I think that's so key of like the honesty part, because I, I feel like even in my own life, I've seen that like, and even being on student leadership, seeing that with different people in the hall is if we're not honest with God, then then we're just saying fake prayers. They're not sincere right. and genuine prayers. But yeah. it's like when we're honest, we can actually see the restoration that God is going to do in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I guess going off of that, you know, you mentioned the statistic, you mentioned being on student leadership and you seeing just different girls in your hall experience anxiety. Yeah. How have you seen it continue to affect college students? Yeah, so I think as I've just continued to be in student leadership in different capacities. I've really just seen just first of all, how much anxiety impacts this generation and how it can affect us in different ways. So I think I've really seen anxiety affect college students in two different ways. And it, it kind of begins with, is it hiding you are you, or are you hiding it? <laughs> it in those different ways. So I've seen students who um, kind of just isolate in their rooms and wow. anxiety is really just hiding them. And so they stay in their rooms. Um, they struggle with building friendships and connection because of this anxiety that just is consuming them kind of from, from the outside in, you know, and, yeah. um, and, just the isolation that is happening on college campuses of people who are not leaving their rooms for extended yeah. times. And that was what I saw so much living on college dorms, like when I was in undergrad and just seeing that and, and knocking on students' doors and like wow. wanting to make sure that they're okay because they've been in their room for that long. Like the anxiety of that. And also just the, the anxiety that can so often be hidden inside of college students from the impact mm. out, you know? And I see so many of us like afraid to acknowledge the struggle in our lives and just trying to put on this fake front of like, I'm fine. Mm. We're all saying I'm fine, <laughs> you know? But in different yeah. ways. Wow. And 
I think that was a huge part of my story. Like, I'm going to put on this smile. I'm going to put on this fake front and pretend like I'm not feeling anxious right now. Mm. But but when we put on this this mask and this fake front, we can never experience love or acceptance deeper than the masks that we wear, right? Yeah. And so we're not experiencing connection and acceptance in the places that we actually need that connection and acceptance and so I think those two primary places are or like is it hiding you or is it hiding or are you hiding it I think those are kind of the two main areas where I see anxiety affecting college students and you mentioned how college students you know a big thing you said was isolation mm-hmm. um also like putting on the facade like you said saying I'm fine right. what would you say like for friendships like how how can friends support their other friends who are suffering from anxiety and and how did your community kind of get into you of like for you to be honest with them and for them to feel safe for you to express the the weight of anxiety yeah I think so I um a couple months ago I did a an intensive with um the speaker and author and psychiatrist Kurt Thompson and I was in a session with him one morning and he was talking about anxiety and I loved what he said. He said, when we're feeling anxiety, we don't need a solution. We need connection. Mm. (laughs) And I resonated with that so much because I think in the friendships and relationships in my life, when I began to be honest about this struggle and it kind of, I was honest because I couldn't not be honest about it anymore because I was in that low of a spot. I think what I really needed people to do is not try to fix it and to not try to give me this solution of like how it was going to suddenly be magically cured, but to Mm. be with me in it. And I needed the connection of people just saying like, okay, like talk to me about the anxiety that you're feeling right now. And I think in my brain, when I thought about talking about my anxiety, it made me anxious, right? I'm like, I'm anxious talking about my anxiety. But I began to discover more and more that when I actually talked about my anxiety, my anxiety lessened. (laughs) Mm. And so just being in spaces and and reaching out to people, like it doesn't need to be a lot of people that you're talking to, right? But just talking to empathetic attuned and trusted listeners and finding that one or two that one person two people in your life who are empathetic attuned and trusted that you can be honest and kind of voice the thoughts that you're thinking and when you voice those thoughts that you're thinking that's when connection and that's when it kind of it gets out into the open and it gets into the light Hmm. and and I'm thinking about like even when someone's expressing their anxiety Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've seen in my experience, like one of they feel better, mm-hmm. but then two, sometimes it seems that it feels like the weight is even heavier because it's like, it's like, we're realizing what we're saying and how like the issue seems that hard to confront even more. Yeah. So I guess the question would be like, what would you think would be a good way to stop the spiraling? Because like you said, like, it is really good, like, to have the connection and be able to talk about it. Um, but I guess, what would you say to to stop the spiraling for the friend and even for that person on to, to stop those thoughts from becoming so intrusive and having so much weight? 
Yeah, I think so. I think honesty and relationships is really the the most important and first step of this healing journey. That mm. I think that we're that God really wants to invite us to, and that we yeah. can in when we're honest. And so, I think for me, when I was finally honest about the anxiety that I was experiencing, I could then begin to be honest about okay, what what do I need right now to holistically to actually begin to move through this anxiety, whether it was um, the food that I was eating, the Mm. exercise, the amount of sleep I was getting, you know, I was on medication for a while. Um, So the medication, like holistically looking at your life and beginning to reach out to different like avenues and, and ways of of setting your whole lifestyle up in a way that is going to contribute to moving through and healing from anxiety. And I think being honest with friendships and relationships mm-hmm. is really that first step and the, of then saying like, okay, what do I need now? Like holistically. And right. I think, yeah, that's like the first step in doing that. That's really good. Like, and I think the, the biggest theme too that I'm hearing is like the honest part being Mm -hmm. honest with God being honest with your friendships because if you don't accept the reality and expose like the reality of what those things are um, when it comes to anxiety or or any other external triggering factors you're not going to be able to heal or get help so I think it's really good that you said that you know the first step is just to be honest with your friends and I think too the more I'm thinking about is like even if even if my friend doesn't have words to say, it's like mm-hmm. you even saying, hey, I just need a space where I can just be honest. Like you don't have to say anything. Like you can right. just listen if you feel like you don't have any words. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. What was the moment when you felt like your anxiety got to a point where you were like, I'm going to quit saying I'm fine to those around you? Yeah. Um, and we mentioned like the friendships and being honest. So Walk us through where it was like, okay, I'm so tired of wearing this mask and hiding everything. I'm just going to be honest to to where I'm at. Yeah, I think it's funny because for me, it was like such a clear moment in my life when I was wow. like, I can't do this anymore. And it was actually in Germany. And hmm. um, and it's it's when it's like my book opens up with this story and it's with me in a fetal position on the bathroom floor. Wow. And it's in this moment where I was like, one, I'm isolating from everyone in my life <laughs> and physically like, and mentally. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. just, and I was on the bathroom floor for about an hour and wow. I was just like, I'm not fine. And I couldn't deny it anymore. And Mm. it was at this moment for me of saying like, okay, I'm acknowledging to myself that I'm not fine. And now I'm, I'm going to start, I need to start acknowledging to others and to God that I'm not fine either. And I think it was such a struggle for me because I didn't want anxiety to be, to be a part of my story. Like I didn't want that. And so it was not only acknowledging that I wasn't fine, but that also that anxiety was a big part of my story. And over the next couple of years, it just kept kind of being this theme of like continuing to fall apart and then saying I'm fine again and then falling apart and then saying I'm fine wow. again. Wow, yeah. And, yeah. and I think it's because we all have these 
either if it's macro or micro bathroom floor moments, right? Where we're like literally on the bathroom floor. Yes. Or or it's, it's these micro bathroom floor moments inside of us that we keep isolating from others and then continue then have to keep continuing to acknowledge like I'm not fine and so it's this continued mindset that I think I've I'm continuing to learn and to grow into of this lifestyle of honesty and vulnerability of saying okay like I'm having a micro bathroom floor moment right now or like I am literally on the bathroom floor or just being honest with my community and, and having a mindset of that, because when we have a mindset of honesty and vulnerability, then we can just acknowledge those moments before it can get to like that literal macro, like I am literally on the bathroom floor right now moment. Yeah. How, how was it for your family when you were being honest with them? I'm thinking about people who, who are shy to even talk to their friends like to their community and even more scared to talk to about with your family so when we're talking about like having those moments where you felt like your anxiety your anxiety got to a point where you quit saying I'm fine like yeah how did that bleed into like your your family relationships yeah it's it's funny because I was I have a pretty I have a good relationship with my parents but I um did not want to tell them about this struggle. And I didn't, like, I didn't until after that bathroom floor moment. And I remember I was, you know, I was 18 at the time. And um, at the school that I was in, the director had, the director of the school had kind of gotten involved because it, my, like, um, my health had gotten to a point that I, they needed to be involved. And they had asked me to, let my parents know about what was going on. And um, I was so just, I don't, I didn't want to do it. I was scared. I was nervous. Not that, not necessarily by their response, but just being honest about it. And so Mm. it was, I think it was like a Tuesday night or something. And I didn't, I was, didn't even want to call them on the phone. Like I didn't want to talk to them like in like over like Zoom or a phone call. (laughs) I was just like, I like don't want to do this and so I was sitting outside of my dorm room and I literally I emailed them (laughs) I I emailed them oh my goodness literally yeah (laughs) because I was so just like I don't I like sending an email was so much seemed easier than Hmm. yeah yeah and so I think and their response was like so gracious and just defying a lot of the beliefs that I had false beliefs that I had just accumulated in my brain about what their response would be. Um, but they just were on, like just made it known from the beginning, like we're on your team, we're on your side. Wow. And we want this, like we want healing for you. Wow. But I think just, you know, for, for those of us who are kind of in that place of being just feeling scared about being honest, like number one, like that's normal. It is so normal to be really just ashamed maybe and scared of reaching out to community, especially people that know you. I think those are the hardest people, honestly, to be honest with about, but just knowing that connection is so important and I have never in for one minute regretted sending that email even though I wish like 
maybe hindsight a phone call would have been better but like reaching out to my community like I have never regretted it yeah and and going back to you emailing your your family and you mentioned how like being scared to tell people is a normal feeling Mm -hmm. but why do you think it's hard for us as Christians to admit that we're not doing okay yeah I think that's such a good question for me I grew up in you know a Christian family a Christian community I grew up in the church and Mm -hmm. um I I don't know if this was you know said verbally or if it was just kind of a sense that I got just growing up in the church is that there's just sense that I felt like I kind of had to just be in this place of protecting God's reputation. <laughs> yes, that is real. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and I I've I've just seen kind of over and over again in my own life and just in different Christian communities that I've been a part of that so often we separate suffering and the reality of God's goodness. So we separate mm. the reality of our pain and the truth of God's goodness. So when life feels good, then we're like, okay, yeah, like God is good. But when life doesn't feel good, we struggle to believe that God mm. is good. And so, but but like inside of us, we all know that God is good, right? Yes. So yeah. the, the, the like intuitive automatic response is, okay, I need to hide my struggles and my suffering, right? And say I'm fine so that we can continue to believe and to proclaim that God is good. Wow. And so I think um, so much of what I've seen just in my own, like over and over and over again in my own life is that I don't know how to hold that tension of my struggle and God's goodness. Hmm. One of the chapters in my book, it's called Coexisting with Uncertainty. And I really unpack this kind of topic more of you know, why as Christians, is it so hard for us to acknowledge that we're not okay, right? Mm-hmm. How can we coexist with uncertainty in our lives when, you know, the pain in our stories doesn't seem to be aligning with the goodness of God? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's really good. And and I think that it is hard for us to admit, like, the things that God is doing in our lives, like, when things get hard, because, like you said, there is this feeling or pressure like to protect his reputation because we think okay god is good so if things are bad then that means someone might like we're we're doubting god's goodness or we're doubting his character right and that's not what it is at all like god says that we're going to have trials but he's going to be there with us through it all so yeah um as we wrap it up and you know we've been talking a lot about your book and your experiences and things that you went through um, and, and to the place where you are now to be able to share this resource with others. And honestly, like a, a testimony um, with mm-hmm. others to have hope. What would you say are some practical solutions or skills for people dealing with anxiety? And when I ask that, like, what are what are steps for them to get to the point where they are maybe just starting to be honest with God and then moving on to be honest with the relationships around them? Yeah, so I think... Yeah, one of the things I've just seen in my own life and in the lives of those around me who struggle with anxiety is like kind of what we talked about already. Isolation is Mm -hmm. so connected with anxiety. So prioritizing um, 
just constant continued connection in your life has that's been so huge for me um and I think just going on this journey of really unpacking and uncovering you know what is anxiety like what is yeah. we're feeling anxiety what's actually happening inside of us and I'm learning more and more that anxiety is just really kind of like a light on the dashboard of our hearts and our souls like something is going on mm-hmm. inside mm-hmm. of us that is deeper than what we're realizing and and I'm learning more and more that our brains are actually really trustworthy organs, right? And when we're feeling anxiety, we can know that something deeper is happening inside of us. Like there's something that we're feeling that's going on that's deeper than just the anxiety that we're experiencing. So I think a huge, just practical um, thing that I've just begun to incorporate more and more in my life is on days and moments when I'm feeling that anxiety in my body to stop and just say, okay, I'm feeling anxiety right now. I'm acknowledging that. Okay, what what is an emotion that I'm feeling deeper than this? Like, am I feeling shame? Am I feeling mm-hmm. rejection? Am I feeling helplessness? Am I feeling isolated? You know, and mm-hmm. being able to pinpoint that deeper emotion. Because yeah. anxiety is often what we experience when we're trying to avoid or deny that deeper emotion. Yeah. And really sitting in that place, you know, with the Lord and with others and, and asking like, okay, what am I feeling right now deeper than the anxiety that kind of it tends to be more on the surface? Yeah. Um, and then like kind of what we talked about too, like talking to a counselor, a counseling has been a wow. huge part of my journey, like, talking to a counselor, talking to friends, um, you know, looking at your life holistically, like what does exercise, what does nutrition, what does sleep, what does medication look like in your life? Mm. Um, and then also, like, even when, when Stop Saying I'm Fine comes out, I'm also going to be releasing a um, a small group guide that wow. kind of takes readers on a journey with their community through the main contents of the book. And it's called a journey group guide. And it's a mm. 10 experience that um, just helps people to unpack really key concepts of the book in community and there's also going to be a course that is coming out after the book comes out and it's called 16 weeks to finding stillness wow and it's for people who are reading the book and who kind of want to go back and look at their own story and unpack okay where where have where did i begin to start struggling with anxiety and and how can i move forward in this and so um those two resources specifically are going to be um offered on my website when the book comes out at um taylorjoymurray.co um and if you go to that link when the book comes out you'll be able to just get more info about the journey group guide um, and the course and I think both of those are going to be um, just really practical ways that people can dig deeper into their anxiety too. Wow that's really good and I think that's so good that you'll be able to release a small group um, workbook and again I'm so excited for your book to be released and like you guys heard um, her to find her on social media and where to find this at I will plug everything once this book is released. But before I let you go, Taylor, um, for one, thank you for coming on. Like, I, I think your expertise and your testimony it mm-hmm. is going to bring so much hope 
And I'm so excited for myself to read it and then for others to be able to read it and also other believers to use this as a resource that they're not alone and for them to see how God was with you in every moment. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. Of course. Well, one of the last things I like to do is have our guests close us out in prayer. So mm-hmm. can you um, just close out in prayer for the listeners that will be listening to this, for the college students that might be struggling with anxiety, and just for yourself, too. Like, this is a huge deal, and I pray that, you know, that you have endurance. Um, so, yeah, could you do that for us? Yeah, of course. Yeah, let's pray. Dear Father, um, I just thank you so much, God, that you are a God that sees and that hears us, God, that you are a God who has promised us your presence, um, that you are attuned to us, Father. We are so thankful for that. And so I do pray um, for every listener, God, who is listening to this podcast and might be wrestling with their own story of anxiety, that um, that they might not want to be a part of their story, Lord. I know what that's like. And mm-hmm. Father, I do pray that um, they feel encouraged right now um, Father, knowing that um, anxiety is, is such a prevalent thing in this generation, God, that they are not alone in the um, anxiety that they're experiencing, God, and, and more so that you want to meet them in it. And Father, I do pray that 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 we would all feel just, God, just the, the, the closeness of your presence as we begin to look at the anxiety in our lives, maybe for the first time, maybe in deeper ways, and that you would just... Um, and still in us a hope, God, that is only from you, Father, that that you have promised us healing, God, that you've promised us redemption, whether that is in this life, God, or in the life um, to come, Father, that that you um, that that Jesus died, Father, and was resurrected um, to give us new life, to give us healing, and that you promised to be with us in that. So, Father, I thank you for every person that's listening. I pray that that right now and to, that today, that they would take um, one step, God, forward in a healing mm. journey, whether that looks like reaching out to um, a trusted friend, God, whether that looks like um, looking into um, getting counseling, Father, whether that looks like, um, yeah, just being um, open with themselves, God, and honest with themselves about their own struggle with anxiety. Father, I pray that... Um, that this generation would not be defined by the anxiety that we're experiencing, God, but yeah. that we're defined, Father, by 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 healing and wholeness and freedom that only comes from you, Father. Mm-hmm. So we love you and we thank you in your name. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And again, thank you, Taylor, so much for coming on. As mentioned, you can find Taylor on Instagram at underscore Taylor Joy underscore. You can also find her book, Stop Saying I'm Fine, on Amazon.com. And lastly, if you guys want to book her for anything, whether it's speaking or um, any of her other resources that she mentioned in today's episode, you can go to www.taylorjoy.co. You can find all that information on that website. Well, this is it for today. Again, please subscribe, like, comment, just follow, do whatever you need to do to support um, and share with a friend who might need to hear this. Otherwise, stay tuned for the next episode.